Are you confused about real food and what's healthy and good for the planet? Do you need the facts about local, organic, and sustainable food? Well, get ready to change the way you eat. Get ready for The Appropriate Omnivore with Aaron Zober. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Appropriate Omnivore. I'm your host, Aaron Zober. On this podcast and on my blog, I'm all about sourcing the most sustainable organic foods with an emphasis on meat and dairy. Today on my show, I have Dave Greening, Chief Executive and General Manager of the Organic Meat Company, which is one of the largest providers of organic pasture-raised beef, poultry, pork, and dairy through its labels, Organic Valley, Organic Prairie, and Mighty. Dave, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Aaron. Pleasure to be here. Tracked your podcast for some time, and I really enjoy the work that you do. Oh, thank you so much. And I've enjoyed Organic Prairie for a long time. As I've done this for the past 10 years, there's all these new companies popping up, which is amazing. But you guys are one of the original. When I first got into this, you guys were the ones that I just thought had such amazing standards and just such an amazing business set out. And long before even I got into this, you guys were going... Yeah, thanks for recognizing that, Aaron. We were one of the founding companies of the organic movement 33 years ago. So our first CEO of Crop Cooperative helped write the organic standards in Washington. So we've been all about transparency and bringing good, nutritious, organic food to consumers for, again, 33 years and counting. Wow. Well, that's great. And I know there's Lots of great stuff to come. I know also you've worked in the food industry for various companies. Tell us how you originally got involved with all of this. That's an interesting journey for me, Aaron. So I grew up in northern Wisconsin. My family didn't farm directly, but my grandfather farmed. And that was back in the 70s when industrial agriculture was really putting the hurt on the small family farms and dropping prices to a point where many, many of them went out of business. You didn't see the transition of small family farms to the next generation. And that's something that crop has been you know, working on since day one. So for the past 33 years, we've been all about bringing sustainability to those family farms, finding a way for them to keep the farms in the family. And we're seeing some farmers that are now on their third or fourth generation of their family farms. So that's so rewarding for us. Rewarding for me, too. These are the stories that I love to hear on this podcast and in my blog. Yeah, they're tremendous stories. And again, you know, our family, unfortunately, did not continue the farming my grandfather did, but I you know, got to spend a lot of my youth days on his farm and seeing what he did and how he lived his life and how he tried to give back to the planet and the local community. And so I did spend 25 plus years in the food industry in different avenues. So before coming to Organic Valley, I headed up sales and marketing for another Wisconsin food company. And, you know, we had a successful run there. And then I went on to another company that was in the food service and distribution business. And we did uh, a lot of work with some of our large distributors nationwide food service like Cisco and Unipro. And through that food 
venture, we um, had contact with roughly five different meat companies. And so I did a lot of work with the meat companies on making meat available through that food distribution network. Organic was fairly new to the food service industry, but we certainly played a role in helping expand those opportunities. And then when this opportunity came up for me in Wisconsin, because our family had transitioned to organic eating and as a lifestyle choice some 15 years ago, the fit was just the right fit for me. So got an opportunity four years ago to join Crop Cooperative and Organic Valley, Organic Prairie, in helping us to market our farmer members' products. So it's been a tremendous fit for me and one that I've enjoyed tremendously. I was going to say, yeah, a lot of people look at organic as something new, but really what it is is going back to the way it used to be. So for you, as you had said, you grew up on the farm and you had switched to organic. So for you, did you see it as new or did you see it more as a return to the way things should be? I think that's absolutely right, Aaron. It's a return to way the way farming used to be. And when you look at our average farm, again, we've grown from just seven farmers in the middle of nowhere in southwestern Wisconsin to just under 2,000 farms around the country, through the U.K., Canada, Australia. So we've got family farms everywhere. The average farm size on our dairy side of the business is only 75 head of dairy cows. And when you compare that to a lot of the industrial agriculture that's taken over, not just the dairy world, but everywhere else, I mean, that is really, truly returning to the way farming used to be. And we've got almost a half million acres of organic pasture and cropland in our network of farms. So we are certainly contributing to the sustainability of agriculture, the regenerative agriculture efforts that are out there. Regenerative ag is the newest buzzword, but to me it's just a continuation of what organic has been. I like to say organic has been regenerative before regenerative was cool, right? Very true. I think the two go hand in hand because I know for time I've talked about will regenerative replace organic is the term, but Now I'm hearing this term regenerative organics, so I think really the importance will become both. I think absolutely. I think they're two complementary terms, and again, I think organic has been regenerative in all of our practices since day one. I mean, we're all about crop rotation, pasture, rotational grazing practices on our farms, all of the things that do so much to, you know, help sequester the carbon emissions in our soil and in our grasslands. So it's definitely been a focus of our co-op since day one. Yes, I think a lot of the people that I've had on the show, they've been doing regenerative really before it was a term that's always been their standard. And now what we have is we have a number of regenerative programs where you can get a label of it. Are you looking into Organic Prairie having any of these organic certifications? Yeah, that's something that we always look at, Aaron, and we may go down that path of joining forces with one or the other. But truthfully, again, so much of what we do is already regenerative that we're 
focusing on what we do. And we've got already 10% of our farmers have renewable systems and are basically net zero. And, you know, we're working to be totally self-sufficient from an energy standpoint by 2050. So we're well on our way and path to doing a lot of the things that the different regenerative groups out there are working towards. Yes. In addition to regenerative as the way of where farms are going, I also know as a lot of ways to save energy, farms are going off the grid using methods such as solar power. And are a number of your farms using methods like that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I think it's already something just north of 10% of our farms are already using renewable energy systems. Yes. So your practices with organic, regenerative, renewable energy all amazing things just wow me about organic prairie. And another element of it that has always amazed me about your business is that you're a co-op. And do you think that's something that makes you stick out from the other organic meat companies out there? I think that's so important, Aaron. Yes, I think what we do as a co-op really drives our success in a lot of ways. And again, we're all about sustaining those family farms because we think it's all part of that cycle of life and everything that we can do on those family farms to help support that I think ultimately drives benefits for the consumers for the animals and for our ecosystem so we're touching all those bases but the members bring that home for the members of our co-op and allowing them to continue to farm in that way I think is so necessary and such a big part of our picture here as a co-op. And in terms of the different farms that make up your co-op, what do you look for in terms of finding new farms to source from? So, so much of what we do in the meat side of our business, Aaron, is driven around providing a totally sustainable way of life on those farms. And so our dairy farmers are producing not only milk on the dairy side of the world, but eventually those animals will come full cycle of life. And, you know, I like to talk about the fact that, you know, our meat products, I believe we can make a claim as being the most sustainable meat on earth because those animals do come full cycle. And we get from an average dairy animal that lives a full healthy life, grazing on pastures on our family farms, we can get nearly 8,000 pounds of food produced from those animals, from dairy to butter to cheese to ice cream. And then finally, when that life cycle is complete, we produce meat products from those animals. And we combine that with some of our purely beef animals raised on our family farms. And we get a just a nutritious and delicious blend of meat that's unlike anything I think you can find coming off of farms that purely do beef animals, whether it's grass-fed or any other way. So for that reason, I think our model incorporates that life cycle and brings it back around and supports not only our farms, but supports the health and nutrition of the consumers and supports the animals in a way that they were meant to be raised. For people looking at going into farming, would you recommend that they do dairy and meat as a way to be the most sustainable? I think absolutely. You talked earlier, Aaron, about going back to the way farming used to be. And when we think about the way farming used to be, 
that's how they managed their farms. It was a full life cycle for those animals. It was a full life cycle of products that they were able to produce. And when we look at sustainability and supporting our farmers, we look at total farm revenue as being the key driver of that. So we don't want them to be one-dimensional. We want them to fully utilize all of their animals and find all the ways that they can to sustain those family farms. And meat and dairy is definitely goes hand in hand. And when you think back even before America was here, the small family farms in Europe, that was all of their meat. There was no such thing in that day and age of purely beef cattle. Almost all the animals raised were raised with that life cycle in mind. So we really have come full circle and we think that's the right way to farm and the right way to live. I think so too, especially with your dairy. One of the things that I love is you're one of the first to offer a 100% grass-fed milk, which is something that now we're starting to see more companies do because more people are realizing that it's not just about organic dairy, but it's actually about grass-fed dairy. Yeah, I agree, Aaron. And so the nutritional benefits of grass-fed, I think, have been well documented, and our farmers certainly play that as, as much as they can in all of the animals that they raise. And it's not just our 100% grass-fed animals. If you look at our dairy as a whole, our average farm averages, I think, 52% more time on grasslands, on pastures than even the organic standards require. So almost uh, 185 days on pasture on average for our family farms. So even if it doesn't say 100% grass-fed, all of our dairy products are predominantly grass-fed. And again, that plays a big role. And I think the difference that we see and the reason we see grass-fed and regenerative agriculture and organic all kind of going hand in hand is that they're all part of that overall life cycle. And it's kind of like a good, better, best Mm -hmm. scenario because we're not putting any pesticides, synthetic pesticides on our crop and grasslands at all. And organic valley crop cooperative, organic prairie, we've kept over 450 million pounds of synthetic pesticides off of our soils in the last 33 years. So, When you look at things like the dead zone that grew almost 20% in the last year in the Gulf of Mexico, that is almost 4 million acres of our planet that's not sustainable for any kind of life because oxygen is so depleted. And our industrial agriculture practices have made that happen. So anything we can do, we think grass-fed is great, but taking it to the next extreme and being organic plus grass-fed, I think keeps those chemical and synthetic pesticides off of our lands, out of our waters, and out of our food. So I think that's so important. As your dairy, whether it's the 100% grass-fed or the regular dairy, as it's all around fed more grass than the other organic dairies, What do you think is the key to being able to keep the cows on the pastures as much as possible? Again, I think our farmers just kind of grow up with that mindset. Anytime that those animals can be outdoors, on pastures, 
and consuming grass like they were meant to be brings so many benefits to the farm and to the animals and to the food that they supply. So, again, they go above and beyond. Our average days on pasture are so much higher than many other, even in the organic industry. So it's just a tremendous benefit. Definitely is. Along with having your cows and animals out on pasture more than the other companies, what else do you think makes you stick out as a leading provider in organic and pasture-raised meat? I think it's transparency as much as anything. Aaron, when you look at organic and the history of organic, for a long time, you know, years after Crop Cooperative and Organic Valley and Organic Prairie started, organic was still a very small movement and wasn't a big part of the overall food industry. And I think we've seen that continue to grow and become more important. And I think the consumers can relate to a company that has been there for 30, going on 35 years now, uh, has always been transparent about what we do and our farming practices. And so I think consumers more and more see benefit in that. I think they recognize because organic has become so successful and so mainstream, you see a lot of the industrial food companies out there trying to enter the organic market. And I'm not sure when you dig into the structure of those organizations, whether they're truly supporting regeneration and agriculture as a whole company, the way I think consumers and certainly our followers would like to see them do. So again, I think that's what makes us so successful is we have a reputation with those consumers of being transparent and always bringing the good. I think a lot of people would prefer to go with a company that their entire model is organic versus a company where, well, we've been known mainly for conventional. Now we're going to have this label where we do some organic I think people question that as well as they have concerns about some of their money going to the overall conventional when they buy an organic label from a conventional ag company. I think that's so true, Aaron. And more and more, I think consumers are kind of waking up that they're voting. They're making a choice every time they go through the aisles and they select what they're buying in terms of the cost, the overall cost. So You can save a few uh, pennies or a few dollars now, but ultimately we're all paying for it with a degradation of our ecosystem, higher healthcare costs down the road. So it's kind of a, you can pay now or you can pay later. And we think organic farming and organic food supply is a way for us to avoid a lot of the costs that people see on the back end. And you may pay a little bit more on the front end, but that's all we do. And all we do is organic. So we think that means so much and so much to our consumers. I think organic does mean a lot because you do see a lot of farms that advertise. And here, this is specifically with beef and dairy because cows don't need to eat anything else. So you see a lot of farms that just advertise as grass-fed. And at first glance, you think, well, if they're grass-fed, then Obviously, they're not eating any corn of any type, but there is still an emphasis to be organic because, as some colleagues have brought up, they want 
organic grass-fed because they want to know that nothing was sprayed on the grass that the cows are eating. That's a terrific point, Aaron. And, you know, without naming any names, I know that we've seen the protocol for some of the big grass-fed companies out there. And there's one in particular that I know just in the last year removed glyphosate from their allowable pesticides that they can put on their grasslands. So, so many of those companies are still, if it's grass-fed, it doesn't mean it's organic. And again, we think both are important. And as a consumer, the label grass-fed really does not yet have a government standard or certification attached to it. There are people across the gamut, I'm sure that you run into them every day, Aaron, that Some are very good in their grass-fed practices, and some are just getting by with what the letter of the law enables them to do. So there can be products out there that are 100% grass-fed, and those animals actually never set foot on pasture. They can be fed grass-fed pellets for their entire life and be in a confined industrial farm environment and still be called grass-fed. So you really see the gamut of types of products out there if it just has that grass-fed name. And it really puts the pressure on the consumers to do their due diligence and really dig into who they're buying their products from and what they're buying. Yes. Like you said, there's no government certification for grass-fed. I know there are a couple private organizations that have grass-fed certifications. The two that come to mind is there's the American Grass-Fed Association and also a greener world they have grass-fed certifications. What are your thoughts on each of those programs? Yeah, we're, um, again, just as with some of the companies that are taking the forefront in regenerative, we've talked to a number of them that are taking the lead on grass-fed. We're really looking, and we've recently partnered to kind of bolt our organic certification with a grass-fed certification, and we think that's going to be ultimately the right answer for us. Right, and so as we're talking about all of these changes that have happened with Organic Prairie over the years, I think with this is there's always a sense that you can do more. So what are some practices that you're looking at getting into in the future? Again, we're looking at a number of ways that we think will complement our farms. We would like to have more and more of our farms be powered with sustainable energy. We think that'll be a tremendous help. Everything that we can do to drive up the number of days our animals are on, actually on pasture, I think is going to be a benefit. So we're continuing to work on those things, our rotational grazing and our rotational crop practices keep getting better and better all the time. So those are ongoing efforts. We've come a long way in the last 30 years, and I think 30 years from now, we're going to see a company that's fully 100% carbon neutral in that time frame, and so many of our farms will be powered by sustainable energy sources. So, you know, I think that's first and foremost what we're working on and concentrating on on our farms. And you have a lot of different products. So we've touched a lot on the dairy and the beef. Can you tell us about some of the other products that Organic Prairie offers? 
We actually started as a produce company, so we do have organic produce as well. We cover four basic meat proteins in our organic meat company, so we're doing not just beef cattle and dairy cows. We're also doing turkey. We do chicken and pork, so we're covering all those areas on the meat side, but you know, all of them, I think, again, go to what we're doing to try and drive as much as we can in terms of sustainability through our family farms. Which products do you find are the most popular? Well, again, dairy has been around for longer than even our meat part of the co-op. And so many of our dairy products are just loved by consumers. And that includes the cheese, the eggs, you know, we've got egg bites that have come out in recent years that combine some of our meat products with some of our egg products under the Organic Valley brand. So those have been tremendously popular for a long time, and we're continuing to explore ways. I think we talked earlier about some of our efforts on in the meat company to bring more convenience around meal preparation and, you know, making our products more accessible to families where both parents may be working families. And how do we reduce the amount of time that they have to spend in the kitchen and still give them great nutritious meals? So one of our offerings that we're coming out with very soon is our already seasoned organic ground beef. And we think this will be able to cut the amount of time that families are spending in the kitchen preparing, you know, whether it's Taco Tuesday or Spaghetti Night. Any of those family favorites uh, will be able to reduce the amount of time they spend in the kitchen. And we're doing those kinds of innovations, Aaron, across the board in our dairy part of the co-op as well as the meat part of the co-op. So we're trying to drive as much convenience and ease of use to our products as we can. And I think that's where you're going to see our innovations continue in the coming years. I look forward to seeing some of these products. And that is very important that we have things in the organic world that are for prepared meals. I know a lot of the focus for a long time with eating clean, eating organic, has been making everything from scratch. And that's still a great thing to do. I do a lot of that, but sometimes even I don't have time to make a complete meal myself. And I know I would rather have an organic regenerative meal to make than, you know, I'm not going to want to use one of these conventional pre-made meals. So yeah, something like seasoned beef would be great. And have you looked into other products such as like meatballs or things like that? Absolutely. We're, we're looking at meatballs. We're looking at types of meal offerings that would include, again, many parts of our co-op from cheese on products to eggs to meat, potatoes, all of the things that we can generate on some of our family farms as part of the crop cooperative and under the Organic Valley and Organic Prairie brands. Those are all going to be important, and we're certainly looking at all of those alternatives. And one of my favorite things that you offer is your deli meats. Those are something that's good, like if I want to make a quick sandwich and you have Lots of great options. I especially love your pepperonis. I think those are the best pasture-raised pepperonis I've had. Thanks. They're definitely a favorite, and we do pepperoni organically, and it's unbelievably delicious, as you found out. So thanks for using some of our pepperoni. Oh, yes. Well, I use a lot of your products. Another one of your favorites, which I believe will be coming out soon, is the culture pasture butter that you release seasonally. 
Yeah, that's been a tremendous item that we're, again, trying to tap into that whole pasture-raised and get that message out there that when you're buying our pasture-raised product, it is essentially grass-fed when you look at all the time that our average animals spend on grass and eating grassland crop, whether that's in the haylage, if it happens to be in a season that they can't be actually out there on pasture, they're still consuming that. And those benefits carry over to the products that we make. And are there any other products that you have coming up in the future that you'd like to tell us about? Again, nothing specifically that we can call out other than the seasoned ground beef. Again, look for convenience offerings kind of around all of our products, whether it's on the dairy side of our co-op or on the meat side. I think consumers more and more, they want the benefits, the healthy benefits, but they also would like a little bit of help in getting those items on their plates and in their households without them you know, necessarily having to spend hours in the kitchen. So I think if you continue to look for product offerings around convenience, I think you'll see a lot of the Organic Valley and Organic Prairie products going in that direction. As Organic Valley started as a crop company, could you see making full frozen meals with both organic meat and organic veggies? Absolutely. That's one of the things that we continue to look at when we're looking at convenience foods is what can we do that incorporates many components into a single product offering. And, you know, we think that has benefit to our farmers, especially the ones that produce all of those different types of products. We have farms that do dairy, do meat, do produce. They do it all. Again, it goes to the total sustainability of their farm and how they can maximize the value that they bring. I know one of your big products in the plant area has been orange juice. Could you see also expanding into products that we see nationwide that are on the plant side? We are continuing to look at plant-based offerings and what we can do. Again, there's a lot of meat alternatives out there. Again, I think in a lot of ways, you know as well as anyone, Aaron, that animals have gotten really a bad rap when it comes to the impact on the environment and the ecosystem. It's not the animals that are driving that. It's the industrialized animal practices that are driving the damage to the environment and the ecosystem. So, yeah, absolutely. We're looking at at all aspects. If we can find a way to combine some of our plant-based products from our farms with some of our meat products, we're definitely looking at expansion opportunities in that regard in terms of product offerings. Yeah, I know a popular product offering by a lot of organic meats is doing a meat and veggie burger blend. That's so true, and that's one that we're working on. In fact, some of our food service accounts in the restaurant business have kind of taken that step on their own, and they've offered a blended mushroom burger offering to their consumers. They're doing it in-house with an organic mushroom blended with some of our delicious organic prairie ground beef, and they're kind of doing it on their own. So, Yeah, that's definitely a combination that we're continuing to look at. Well, that sounds good, especially for someone like me, because I know mushrooms have a lot of nutritional benefit to them. I've never really liked the texture of them. Nothing against actually the flavor. That's fine. But the texture, just something's always turned me off. But when you put it with some ground beef, oh, then I can totally go for it. (laughs) 
It's an irresistible combination, no doubt. That's one of my favorites as well. I like that you touched upon earlier about the issue of me being so demonized and a lot of that had to do with how the animals are being raised. And as we connected through the Natural Products Expo, this is something that I always like about your company is that when I started covering those Natural Product Expos about 10 years ago, you really were one of the first. There was so much more a focus on all plant-based products at that expo, and you didn't see too many other organic meat companies then. Now you see a lot, but you guys were really, when I first went, you were probably one of the only ones that was an organic meat company there. Yeah, I think that's so important, Aaron. And there have been a number of studies recently. There's an organic center study that's come out in the last year that talks a lot about the benefits of organic and how that translates even in quantities didn't used to be detectable. Scientific methods have gotten so much better. When you look at the FDA guidelines on what's allowable levels of pesticides in our food products, they're using standards and testing that was done 40 years ago. And science has gotten so much better, we're able to track the impact of pesticides in the food supply, even on much smaller quantities. There was a recent study done as well that, you know, I think, don't know if you're aware of it, but it came from a group last year called Friends of Earth. And they did a study of four families that took conventional food out of their diet for just six days, and they saw an amazing reduction in their testable level of pesticides in that study. I think glyphosate went down on average 70% in just six days on an organic diet versus a conventional diet. So whether it's meat products or dairy products or anything that we consume, somehow that finds a way into our food products and into our diets. So you're absolutely right, Aaron. We've been about those organic offerings in all of our food as a co-op for 33 years. Yes, I'd love to read some of those studies. And I remember this is now several years back at Expo West, talked about a study that showed the benefits of having organic dairy versus conventional dairy. Absolutely. And, you know, the study that I referenced from the Organic Center, again, we can send you a copy of that study, yes, but that, that was specifically around meat and organic and the impacts in our livestock and in our entire food network. So, again, I think as testing gets better, as science gets better, we're going to see more and more evidence of that. I think it's going to become more and more important to all of the consumers out there that are looking for organic products. So we've talked a lot about what we can see coming up with organic prairie in the future and with the practices and the products. Where do you see overall organics and regenerative agriculture 10 years from now? Again, I think as we touched on earlier, Aaron, I think those two terms will become synonymous. I think people, as they become more educated, will start to understand that so many of the principles of regenerative agriculture really began in kind of reverting back to the way farming used to be. And the farming practices that we take on and manage every day as part of our farmer's life. So 
I think organic and regenerative will become pretty much synonymous. That's where I see the world evolving over the next 10 years plus. And again, I think it plays such an important role in our entire cycle of life, impacts our lands, our waterways. We talked about the dead zone with 4 million acres of our planet that can't support anything living because of our industrial farming practices. So whatever we can do to reverse that, to reverse the impacts of carbon emissions, I think is going to become more and more important to all consumers of food. And so I see those two terms becoming synonymous and kind of hand in hand as we go forward. I do too, and I can't wait to see more of what develops from that. Is there anything else that you'd like to let the listeners know about Organic Prairie? I think what we found as a company is that consumers more and more these days with whether it's mobile phones or laptop, iPads, they're able to find what they want and what they're looking for you know, at the touch of a finger. And we're finding ways to get that product to them, whether it's through our great retail partners or whether they want food product delivered directly to their house. So we're just launching or relaunching a new Organic Prairie, organicprairie.com website in the coming weeks. I think if you go there, you can find a lot of our nutrition nutritional meat products, and you can also segue to our organic valley and dairy products directly from our webpage. So we're finding more and more ways to connect directly to the consumers, to the consumers that care so much about the food products that they serve their families. And there's an opportunity to do that in an increasing way directly with us and talk to us and buy our products online through our organicprairie.com website. Did you find the use of delivery for Organic Prairie related with COVID and with more people staying at home, working from home? Absolutely. We saw a tremendous growth. When we were watching and tracking shopping patterns for consumers, you know, everyone's seen the explosion of e-commerce sales in other industries, electronics, shoes, women's fashion, men's fashion, furniture, virtually every other industry, e-commerce related sales have become such a mainstay, you know, sometimes becoming 40, 50, 60% of total sales happening via e-commerce. Food has always been kind of like the last frontier for e-commerce and e-commerce sales were struggling maybe to reach 5%. I think when it came to food, so many consumers still wanted to see it and look at it and touch it maybe before they bought it. I think COVID really pushed e-commerce consumption of food probably 10 years into the future just by forcing consumers to look for a lot of their food products online. And they go with companies that they know and trust. And Crop Cooperative and Organic Valley and Organic Prairie, we've been fundamental in that organic movement for 33 years. So, so many of the consumers know us and trust us that we definitely have seen an explosion in consumers that want to find products like ours on e-commerce platforms. And I think a major advantage of having e-commerce for you is as you have one of the largest lines of all kinds of organic products, it's hard for stores to carry all of them. And what may be popular to one may be 
not as popular to the others. So with being able to order your foods online, it gives people a chance to see some other products that they may not be able to find in the store. That's so true. And we love our retail partners. We have some great retail partners, but they're always fighting that battle of they've got limited space. They can't show everything to consumers. And so going online and seeing all the offerings and finding ways to get those products directly to the consumers, I think is going to continue to be the wave of the future. Food industry is going to, I think, follow so much of what's happened in other industries and consumers are going to become more and more comfortable with being able to do that and really driving the choices they make rather than having to choose from what's only on the store shelves. I think so too. Within this show, you've given us a lot to be excited about in the future in terms of the practices getting even more sustainable and more regenerative for your farming to the future of the products that you're going to offer. Lots of great stuff to look forward to. There really is. We're as excited or more excited about the organic movement in the coming years than we've ever been. Uh, We're going to continue to push for innovative ways to bring those great nutritional products to consumers. So we're excited about what the future holds, and we think our consumers are as well. I think so, too. And I imagine this has to be exciting for you to return to the farm that you knew it growing up with this. Absolutely. It's so rewarding. Anytime that I'm having a hard day, you know, I can go out near our offices and set foot on one of our local farms that has their small dairy herd or some of our meat products and just get back to our roots and kind of remind myself on why we exist and what we're all about. So that's so rewarding and we're looking forward to continuing to find ways to do that for all of our farmer members. Yeah, so I think it makes sense that this is based out of a state like Wisconsin, which just has been known so much for dairy farming and for excellence in farming. That's so true. And we're hoping to maintain that way of life for a long, long time to come. And I know one other thing that Wisconsin is known for, in addition to farming and dairy farming is Packers football. How are you feeling about the Packers so far this season? (laughs) We're feeling pretty good, especially uh, coming off of our uh, most recent triumph out in your neck of the woods. So I know we, a couple weeks ago, we're out San Francisco and we managed to come out of there with the win and most recently uh, tacked another one on. So we're sitting pretty good and we're liking our chances this year. Oh, and I'm feeling good about that last win because I'm originally from Cleveland, so lifelong Cleveland Browns fan. So great to see you (laughs) destroy the Steelers. Glad to hear it. Yeah, I knew you came from the Midwest originally, Aaron, so I didn't know you were from Cleveland and then we're supporting the Browns. The Browns are looking good this year. Yes, and I'm supporting the Packers. All right, we're just about out of time, but before we go, give the listeners again the web addresses where they can find the different labels from the Organic Meat Company. Yeah, organicprairie.com is where you find our meat products, and uh, organicvalley.com is where you're going to find a lot of our dairy products, and there'll be links to either site just with a touch of a button, no matter where you go. So again, we're all part of the farmer network that supports our cooperative members. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for coming on this program. It's great to finally have you here, as you've been one of the first influences for me to really get into all of this. We really appreciate that, Aaron. We appreciate the support, and we look forward to seeing you again, hopefully in person at one of the expos this coming year. I'm hoping so, too. All right. Good talking to you. Thanks, Aaron.
That's all for this episode of The Appropriate Omnivore. New episodes of the show are now released every Wednesday. Next week, I interview Tanya Butts of Sweet Apricity. Follow me on social media for more information on the next episode. And to make sure you never miss any of my podcasts, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher and subscribe to The Appropriate Omnivore. You can also listen to all my podcasts on my website, appropriateomnivore.com. There you can find recipes from the guests I interview, plus all of my articles covering lifestyles in the world of real food. Until next time, my pantry is officially closed.